Hi. Hello. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast, the place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books but doesn't know where to start. We're back in action here for Yay. episode 165. After our like longest hiatus ever. Ever. Yeah. Crazy how that works out. Yeah. It's just been, uh, so I guess maybe we should address that first before anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, we've both been pretty busy. Yeah, super busy. My busy has been less uh, yeah. life-threatening, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the original plan was to get in a quick July wrap-up. Uh, at the very beginning of the month, but it just didn't quite work out with timing. And mm -hmm. then things got a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I got my appendix removed <laughs> for anybody who's been following this saga, ongoing saga of my health complications. That was so exciting to like finally kind of like reach what should be the conclusion of this whole thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like it's been months of just like being ill and kind of waiting for it to get taken out um and as of now i feel better than i have in so long which is really really nice but recovering from that surgery was pretty brutal my whole like lower half of my stomach was just this like gigantic black bruise <laughs> for like two weeks afterwards yes. i guess like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's kind of fading into this like gross yellow situation. And it's just painful. Like it's just, it's really hard to have an abdominal surgery because it's like the core of your body. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, the very <laughs> like, middle. Literally. Yeah. So I just couldn't really move a lot. Yeah. Like everything hurt. I sneezed and I would cry because it hurt so bad. <laughs> a sneeze um, would ruin your like, whole day. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was also drugged up. So I was really just kind of out of it for like a lot of the past like week or so. And uh, I moved also at like the same time. Like I moved like five days before I went in for surgery. So it was kind of a, I don't know, it was just sort of like a get as much into the house as possible before I went to have surgery. And then after that, yeah. it was like, <laughs> I can't do anything. I can't lift like a single thing. So it's still been like a really slow process. Uh, there's like boxes and stuff everywhere, but I really like my new place. Things are, things are like coming together. You know, I like the awesome. new place. I no longer have an appendix yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. When the doctor, like, so he took a before and after picture of my guts. <laughs> when he uh -huh. Appendix out, and okay. it's so like interesting to see. Um, but I guess he told my dad and Adam, who are like waiting for me in the hospital, that he was like, Yeah, that thing exploded, like it's like it, it wasn't just like a tear, like it was in two entirely separate pieces. Oh no, take out. yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's like, my, 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 yeah, so yeah, it's been crazy, and I just like. I don't know. I'm just very, very slowly getting back into real life things, which I feel like has been like my whole summer so far. Yeah. But um, uh, it seems like that's the end of it now, though, right? I think so. I like really think that it's like all over. I'm still having some weird like immune responses. Actually, I had to go to a doctor's appointment today for my like mm. immune stuff because we have an infection that's as severe as the one that I got. Um, 
it like really just messes with your immune system for like a long time. So I'm still like oh, having okay. weird, like, like I get like allergic response symptoms and stuff to like nothing. Cause my immune system is just like hyper flared up. Mm. So that's been odd. <laughs> I don't know how long that's going to go on. Um, but that's the only thing. Otherwise I really am feeling so much better. So that's really great. I'm flying to Chicago tomorrow. That'll be really fun and cool. I went to, um, um, the Eras tour <laughs> recently of, of Taylor, Taylor Swift gigantic concert. Yeah, I got got to do that for free, so that was really fun. Uh, nice. It's been my life. <laughs> What's going on with you? Very cool. And it was your birthday recently. Oh yeah, and I turned yeah. twenty five. How could I forget? That yeah. Was cool. Yeah, I'm, I feel old. <laughs> I saw my stepmom the day before my birthday, and we were eating breakfast, and she was like. I just feel like 25 is like very adult. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, Kim. You're like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's like, I actually don't think that way at all. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Yeah. Very eventful. Yeah. It's been a crazy time. I just taught my first mindfulness class tonight in so long. Usually I do that like every week, twice a week sometimes, mm -hmm. but I've been on a medical leave mm. <laughs> quite some Classic. Time. Yeah. I anyway, gotcha. how are Let's you? Let's see. I've been doing all right. Nice. Um, I think the last time, the last update was that, um, I was just kind of waiting in limbo for my visa to like to get an appointment yeah. and to go. Um, so one of these days it just kind of worked out and I got an appointment and I flew out to LA and flew back the same Whoa, day. Cool. Oh, that's crazy. I've never done that before. Of, uh, it was an exciting time. It was kind yeah. of just most of the full day of just kind of sitting around waiting for stuff. Yeah. Um, but it turned out it was kind of expensive because it was super last minute. Like I booked the yeah. flight four days, like I got the appointment four days before it actually was. So I kind of had oh to gosh. rush That's there crazy. and do it, but it's yeah. all, uh, it's all figured out and, uh, it'll Yay. get, it's, we'll get processed and then I have to fly out again once it's ready. They won't show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Weirdly complicated process. Yeah, it's been pretty ridiculous this whole time, but it's yeah. it's uh, moving now. So things are starting to uh, really kind of uh, start to move very quickly. Good. So uh, we'll good. see at at breakneck pace, even. So I think it's it's all just going <laughs> to kind of catch up to me real quick, and then I'll just be gone. <laughs> That's so insane. Which will be crazy. It'll be less than That's a month. Good. So. Oh my gosh, it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited and uh things things are moving pretty quickly now. Yeah, yeah. Um I've been making YouTube videos these last few weeks. Um Oh, that's fun. Yeah, about this little project I've been doing um with like European football soccer to e type stuff. Cool. Um basically I'm I over I'm overlaying like results of teams onto like the real map and you get like land if you win and it's i don't know i call it my european football imperialism and uh <laughs> i've been doing it for a little while and then it's it's kind of the off season now so i said i'm gonna start making some youtube videos um give me some extra practice 
with uh, some video editing because I haven't I, since I graduated I really haven't done hardly anything video editing so yeah a little a little something to keep me uh working on that and uh, getting some practice with that and maybe I'm I'm kind of hoping to do that and then do some some little vlogs uh in Spain nice because I'm I'm signed up to be a CIE blogger I feel like I've talked about that on here before um I don't know, but uh, I'm going to be making blog posts for the company while I'm there. So maybe That's I'll so just fun. Kind of, it, it should be easy. I have to take pictures for that anyway. So it would be pretty easy to just do little videos and then get some more editing practice that way. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Time. Yeah. I think it'll be cool. Um I also recently took a pretest for my Spanish classes when I first show up, okay. and uh, I got humbled pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, basically, they have language levels. It's like A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2, being mm-hmm. beginner, intermediate, mm-hmm. uh, and advanced. And I like I it was if I, if someone asked me, I would say that I would be like high A2. Yeah. Um, maybe like some B1. But we'll, we we'll see. But I took the pretest and I did not even pass the A one test. Oh no! And I think some of it was like little differences in the way they do it Spain Spanish, uh, which will gotcha. be good to maybe like learn from the ground up to start at the beginning. But I got humbled real real quick because I think I got like I think you probably if I had to guess you'd probably need like a seventy percent to okay. pass, and I got like yeah. 61, 62, and I said, oh no. <laughs> oh well though <laughs> so that'll be good now now yeah. i'll just like for, forget about doing anything spanish until i get there and then i'll just learn from the ground up and it'll yeah. work out yeah. and i'll probably catch on pretty quickly with the stuff yeah, I'm sure like have learned in the past but hopefully it's like riding a bike um two days early actually just yesterday i was I guess kind of promoted at the tutor, the tutoring thing. Oh my gosh, cool. Congrats. I've moved on from a beginner to an intermediate tutor. Very nice. So I get paid a little bit more per subject. So yeah. I guess you can say that the future is in good hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. You know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's most of the the important stuff that's been going on. I've been a little more busy, but still have some time because I actually didn't get any tutoring hours this week. So this week I haven't been busy. I've just been kind of doing whatever. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Very nice. That's what's up. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get into it. Actually, before we get started, I mean, this is so originally we were going to do like a a June wrap up. I think I might have said July wrap up earlier, but June wrap up. July is now. But uh, um, it didn't (laughs) quite work out. And then you suggested that I could maybe do like just a solo episode. And I really did seriously consider it. But I don't have a whole Mm -hmm. lot to talk about. And also, I just wasn't feeling it. I don't think it would be fun. to just oh. do by myself because there's, there's like so much other stuff I do that's just kind of like throwing my voice out into the void or whatever 
Totally. And uh, I, I, I realize that I really appreciate having like the pushback of, you know, hearing what you have to say about what I have to say as I say it. <laughs> Sometimes I got to defend my points. That's and, true. And, you uh, think on your feet. And uh, that sort of stuff and, and kind of get that response. And it feels more uh, important than uh, just kind of saying whatever. Thank you. That makes me feel valuable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, this seems to happen to me also like every summer for whatever reason is that mm-hmm. I can get a little bit burned out on watching stuff. Okay. Um, so I think I kind of wanted to bring that up real quick because I we don't have a whole lot of movies. And I only had five movies i think to talk about that weren't part of my silent movies project and weren't part of the pta stuff that we're starting to do i think i only have two um and i don't even care to talk about it that much yeah i really want to get into asteroid city yeah me too i've got a lot to say about asteroids um and then there's a couple others that i definitely like wanted to tell you about because i think you would be interested Okay, cool. Um, but I wanted to address this kind of idea of like a movie burnout and kind of just this, uh, we we say in our description that it's the place to be for people who want to watch more movies. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is, is uh, and just kind of like the culture that, I, that uh, I don't know if culture is the right word, but just kind of like the mindset of, of watching stuff. Um, and I, and I try to watch like, a lot of different stuff and i think mm-hmm. that that's not that's not everyone mm-hmm. but uh in any both sides of the fence are welcome here on the pod but that is uh, so true and yeah. you yourself can like be both sides of the fence in different points in your life mm-hmm. like you're saying like sometimes you might go through a phase even as a person who really likes watching movies or reading books may go through an extended period of time where you just don't do either of those things and that's perfectly fine (laughs) it's like really okay and that is yeah and i think that's the biggest thing is that it's okay Mm because for a little bit i was like not really feeling it but it's like oh i'm trying to watch you know this many movies before the end of the year and like this percentage of whatever um but when it gets to a point where it's like, I don't really want to watch something. And that's kind of how it was for, for a few nights there. It's like, and I would be like, Oh, I probably should. Yeah. But I'm really not feeling like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's okay. It is okay. I think in the future, sometimes I look back and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I probably should have, you know, if I was just able to watch, you know, a couple more and I would have seen more mm-hmm. stuff and, and uh, experienced more. Which would be cool, obviously. Sure. But uh, if it gets to the point where it's not feeling like rewarding, where each watch, mm-hmm. even if it's a bad movie, because mm-hmm. that's how I feel. I don't mind a bad movie usually. Just the movie, what the 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 act of like watching something, I just find to be super enjoyable. And then when it's not, it's not worth it. Yeah, totally. And uh, that works out. Yeah, and there doesn't have to be these like self uh proclaimed (laughs) there doesn't have to be these time constraints put on anything like Mm -hmm. that you're putting on yourself or anything like if you're experiencing like what you were just saying and being like oh when i had all that time i should have been like watching more movies and having those experiences like you don't it's not like it's too late (laughs) like you can Mm -hmm. you can start now you can like i don't know you have plenty of time 
Yeah. It'd be more of a waste of time to watch something that you don't want to and not be not having a good time yeah. than uh, it would be just kind of shelving it until you're feeling like it later. Totally. Um, and something that I experience probably more often year round even uh, is that, you know, I, I'm trying to pull from like different decades. I have my goal of watching like a different a movie from each decade, you know, in a, in a month. Right. And there'll be, there'll be sometimes where I'm like, Ooh, I probably should watch, you know, the, something artsy and older. Mm-hmm. And if you're just not in the mood, then, you know, it's okay to watch whatever else. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the movie that, that finally broke me out of my kind of not watching stuff was a cheesy Italian B picture that I pulled nice. from, from my book <laughs> that I talked about a couple months ago. And it was just fun. It was not very good, but I was, it was just a fun time <laughs> watching it. And I was like, all right, time to see more stuff. And I've been better about watching stuff since then. I do that with books. Like if I get into like a really bad like reading slump and I just don't want to read anything, I'm like, I know that I have to just pick up something that I wouldn't usually like. <laughs> That's just easy to read and fun mm. and like plot heavy. And that'll usually snap me back into like... Just remembering that I know how to read, I guess. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I'm doing that right now because I've been so bad about reading this summer. So I just picked up a book, a fantasy book that I think will just be an easy and fun read. And hopefully I'll get back to feeling like myself afterwards. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say. I just kind of wanted to bring that up. And also, anyone listening, let us know what you have been watching recently. Yeah, please. In our mailbag. I don't know. Nothing there for right now. But uh, um, I just, I think the reason why I feel like I need to mention stuff like that is that there seems just browsing on the internet, there seems to be like a lot of very like insular communities Mm. that push their own ideas forward. And I feel like people that, aren't maybe as hardcore as all that could get like discouraged. <laughs> yeah. And it's not sure. anything that like, as far as, as movies and books go, it's not something that I'm as much a part of, I guess it's yeah. just kind of something that I've seen maybe the edges of. And I, and I just sure. at least want to tell anyone listening here that uh, we're not going to, there's, there's no judgment on uh, like, yeah, no, not at all. And that's kind of the, the whole point is that just watch whatever yeah and then we'll talk about it from like an experiential thing because i think there's a lot of uh, stuff out there today Mm -hmm. where these opinions just kind of get circulated and stamped upon groups uh and i want to kind of get to the heart of of each individual experience and i think there's a lot of stuff there that if we uh don't let those kind of preconceived notions guide us can can make for some fun times Gotcha. Yeah. I've just I noticed that in like in multiple different circles. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. bring that up. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Yeah. But uh, I have been doing fairly well about reading stuff. I did I only finished one book last month and I don't care to talk about it. It was bad though. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> but the, just a lot of the books that I'm reading are really long. So I'm I'm getting through them yeah. slowly but surely. But uh I've been actually do, been doing pretty good about reading stuff and I'm I'm good pleased job. with it. Very nice. 
I have. I'll just talk about the the other the handful of other movies that I wanted to talk that I watched, okay. just to kind of run through them real quick. Uh, I watched Nightcrawler for the pod. I you can hear all that. about it in our Creepy People Challenge Week. <laughs> that that episode still didn't get very many plays, even with the uh, hiatus. Because I think that people like catch up on past stuff yeah, for whatever yeah. reason. Because um, it was a good one. Yeah, I wonder how much the uh, the 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 titles of episodes affect that. Oh, that's interesting. Because when we watched Thirst, I named I named the episode like Thirsty Boys and Girls Club or something. <laughs> and then like no one what listened to that one for the longest time. So like that had funny. like a lot less listens than than the That one is ones. so good. That was really? just a fun episode. What a what a picture. So I don't fun. know. That movie was crazy. But uh uh okay, so I watched American Graffiti. This is from 1973. Oh, nice. I've been wanting to see that for so long. Yeah, it was really good. It was a lot like, it reminded me a lot of Dazed and Confused. And I'm sure there's a handful of other movies like that. Yeah. And uh, it reminded me of something else, but it's been quite a while since I've watched it now. But I remember there's like another thing that it constantly reminded me of throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really good. And uh, what a soundtrack. Harrison Ford shows up in this one and he's an absolute oh. menace. His character is, <laughs> is way before he's famous and he's like not afraid to be goofy. So he's just really goofy in this movie. Love it. Um, all the supporting characters were the best part of American Graffiti. The leads were kind of annoying, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. I mean, it wasn't bad, but like the the best parts were just kind of the the people you didn't quite see as much and just kind of showed up every now and again that were just so hilarious. I don't know, but uh, it was, it was quite a good one. I give it an eight out of 10. Love it. Uh, And then I watched time bandits directed by Terry Gilliam. Uh, A weird one. I had no idea what was going on the whole time. It was just (laughs) so many like different ideas thrown together. That was like pretty cool. And there was a lot of stuff that was well executed, but just as a whole, none of the pieces fit together, which made it like, again, like a really fun watch. But just as a movie, I was like, I don't know. I was very much thrown for a loop, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of really cool stuff in it too. So Time Bandits, I gave it a six out of 10. Uh, so I'm going like out of order chronologically now, but I watched La Bête Humaine, uh, which is Jean Renoir. Okay. This was the one that he did between, or I guess one of the two that he did between uh, The Grand Illusion and Rules of the Game, which I think are both masterpieces. And this okay. one kind of falls in the middle. And uh, it was a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I don't another one where it's like, I don't know how much it works as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this one, there was like specific moments and scenes that I think were were done so well and probably among like Renoir's best. Now that I'm watching more stuff that he's done, I think some of the scenes in this one like really stand out uh, even among some of his other stuff. Um, But it didn't quite connect together and have like momentum, I guess. Okay. So it was, it was like a, a pretty weird experience watching it because there was like equal points where I was 
kind of bored uh compared to moments where i was like glued to the screen like this is crazy which was like very interesting but as a whole it's like i don't know i feel like it just didn't kind of build okay uh completely like evenly okay uh but it was still a very interesting watch an interesting movie so that one's a seven out of ten for me nice and another movie that I rated a 7 out of 10 that I saw in June was Asteroid City. Aye, aye, aye. Let's get into it. Yeah, I've been dying to discuss it with you because I know that I liked it way more than you liked it. <laughs> and I honestly saw that coming. Like, I really went into the movie expecting that to happen. And I, I can't really even say why. Um, is this before after you saw because i put it on letterbox that i without a review but i like logged it yeah, as a seven it, out of ten it was after i saw you given it a seven out of ten okay, and, I I got went in, and we didn't even talked about it i think like a couple days before i went and you were like i i didn't like love it and after oh, you yeah. watch it read nick's review and then that you'll is understand right, that is right yes uh-huh. yeah <laughs> And I was like, okay. And he gave it a seven out of ten too. I saw. Um, and I don't know. Like as soon as like the opening scene happens, I was just like grinning and like giggling for the first like, I like good couple minutes of the movie. And I was like, oh, this is just a, a movie that's way more for me. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna love it the whole time, and I did. I personally gave it a nine out of ten, and oh, then awesome. I. Re- read Nick's review uh when I got out of it and I don't I think what's been so interesting for me to think about in terms of like why I liked it more than the two of you seem to mm-hmm. is things from like a movie making perspective which I guess totally makes sense because both of you went to like film school uh-huh. and it's kind of a big part of the movie is like putting on this play and making the documentary and stuff. And it was, it's just so funny to me how much I did not view it through that lens, like at all, despite that being like genuinely a huge part of the, like, it's not even just like, Oh, they're film students. Like, of course they're watching it from the perspective of making a film. Like it's about making a film. (laughs) But for me watching it, it was so much more about viewing, like, consuming media and stories and stuff. And I think like watching it from that angle and like only focusing, I guess, on the commentary about like what we learn through stories uh, made it so good to me. I don't know. So I loved it. I gotcha. (laughs) That's interesting. Put it, I'm trying to like kind of flip the perspective and I think it's, it's, I think I would definitely benefit from watching this one again. Um, and I definitely have to, at some point to hold on to my, uh, my consistency of, uh, having seen all of Wes Anderson's movies more than once. Nice. I would love uh, to see it a second time as well. Cause so much happens. It's, uh, there's a oh, yeah. lot to take from it. My biggest takeaway, I saw a lot of people on TikTok and on Letterboxd, uh, saying that it's like the epitome of style over substance and it's just Wes Anderson like making like a caricature of himself and just kind of doing all the things to like like an insane degree that people say that he does all the time and when I watched it I was like you are actually dumb yeah that's a terrible (laughs) thing if you watch that and you had like nothing to think about 
That's crazy. There, there was so much thought-provoking substance to that movie. Yeah. You could take it in so many different directions. I think it's like endlessly fascinating. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because I think I would I know I would benefit from a a rewatch because I think that my experience watching it is that there were two different things going on the whole time. Yeah. And for me, it didn't feel like they were linked suitably, but on a rewatch, my opinion on that might change now that I've kind of sat with it and, and like figured out what I'm thinking about it. Uh, basically what yeah. was for me, what was being said inside the play and outside of the play didn't at least obviously link up for me. Like I don't, I didn't like find that marriage. Okay. Um, which might change on a rewatch because there is, yeah, there's like a lot of stuff going on in this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, there is. I don't know what to say next because it's <laughs> the difference between um, the French Dispatch and this. Oh yeah, I wanted to bring that up too. Is that the French Dispatch? Like it's, it's a magazine. So you can take these stylistic turns and like everything is like done differently and it works because the amalgamation, like that's, that's the point is like the incongruency of everything and, and each individual voice of each person. And mm -hmm. it's making, that one's making kind of these comments on authorship in that way. Okay. Um, and, and uh, that one, I wasn't sure about when I first, like I liked it better on the rewatch because he really just got to, you know, do whatever. And it was like justified in that, you know, the, the aspect ratio and the color scale just changed on a dime. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it was like jarring at first, but then once you kind of like got in the rhythm of it and like on a rewatch, it was yeah. like, oh, this, this makes so much sense because it's like, it's a magazine. Yeah. And yeah. so I was a little wary about that going into this one, at least through the beginning of it, because it's like, it's a story about a play. And yes. longtime Sorry, listeners like, know how I feel about movies that are just plays. <laughs> and this one, this one didn't didn't uh, make the cardinal sin of just being a play, uh, which which uh, I might have like worried about a little bit. Or was like kind of looking out for that to just. It's it's like really interesting how much the play in the movie was like not a play <laughs> like when you're watching it like it just doesn't read like a play at all and i even was thinking like when you realize that is the play i was like how would this work as a play <laughs> yeah exactly it just doesn't <laughs> and even when they cut to like the backstage stuff it's like how are they doing this as a like you never see any of it but you see kind right. of the 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 edges of it yeah yeah and it's like this is ridiculous at first when watching it i was kind of like "Ooh, i don't know is this just going to be about you know making it a play like sure. obviously not doing you know what i what my pet peeve you know but right. kind of just similarly to how the french dispatch was like it's a magazine and it was like a movie a mm -hmm. movie if it was a magazine mm-hmm and I appreciated that a lot for like what was able, what he was able to do like within that framework. Right. And so I think I was kind of looking at it, the beginning of this one, I was looking at it through that lens. And then when I realized when, as I spent more time kind of just filling in these other gaps mm -hmm. in the real world, I guess, like outside of the story world, 
I didn't quite know what was going on, I guess. <laughs> That's so interesting because I just don't like feel the same way. And mm. I'm so, I'm so intrigued about it because it really feels like everybody has, I shouldn't say a lot of people who I've looked at on Letterboxd seem to have like a distinct favorite between the French Dispatch or this one or Asteroid City. It feels like people mm. really like one and then feel neutrally or bad about the other one. And I like Asteroid City like significantly more than I like the uh-huh. French Dispatch. Okay. And um and it feels like the French Dispatch is very much about like authorship, story, being the storyteller. Mm-hmm. And to me, and it feels like people who don't like Asteroid City as much are taking the same themes out of Asteroid City and then and being like, but this one doesn't do it as well. But to me, Asteroid City like does not have the same themes. Like it was so much less about authorship to me uh-huh. and so much more about consumption like being the viewer yeah well that's interesting um because i think the the parts outside of the play that i really latched onto were kind of towards the end dealing with the uh, jason schwartzman character yeah yeah like um, as the actor. where he's like i don't get it i don't understand the play no do you think adrian brody's like supposed to be god <laughs> in that scene i don't know adrian brody could be and he's the director of the whole thing yeah that's that's really interesting you don't have to get it just keep doing it i was like oh my god he looks so good in that scene (laughs) i love adrian brody me too he's i got the sense that he was god in that moment and that that margot robbie was an angel i like that a lot yeah because i was kind of looking at it that way makes a lot of sense i i I guess I just didn't really maybe didn't connect like the pieces quite that with just like connecting the two distinct parts of this one. Cause it okay. felt, it, it feels to me like there needs to be some connection there. Okay. And, that's, I, and I really need thoughts. to rewatch it to see if that's there. And I missed it on the first time around. It's been a good couple weeks since I saw it. And since I spoke about this, yeah. so Forgive me if this is like very confused. The night after I saw it, when I texted you and was like, we have to do an episode on Asteroid City. I had so much to say. I hope I can, you know, like bring some of it back to the surface here and now. Well, we'll see. So for me, the like layered story of like the documentary about the play in the movie worked very well because of what the play was trying to say about how we use stories that have already happened to other people or even like fictional stories to comprehend things that are otherwise incomprehensible to us, even after we've experienced them firsthand. And I think like the center, (laughs) I think the core of the play Asteroid City Mm -hmm. is about like grief and novelty. Like all of the characters, the main characters in the play the family who's kind of at the core of it is experiencing grief because the mom passed away before Mm -hmm. the play starts, but they like just found out about it. And all of those characters, you have to, you witness like grieve her in very different ways, but that are all kind of through these different medias. Like you only see Jason Schwartzman's character grieve her death. uh, Really when he's like practicing a scene in a play with Scarlett Johansson, you know? And so it's Mm -hmm. like this like play within the play that he's able to process some feelings and Woodrow, the son, you don't, you can't really see process his grief except for like through 
the image of his mom. Like when he's asked, what was she like? He can't put it into words. He just holds up a picture and he's like, she was like this. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, okay. and the three little girls you see process it through like witchcraft, through like lore and storytelling that's in tradition that's been like passed down for generations, like orally and stuff like that. And I thought that was so interesting. And then to like add the other layer of the play, which is an, a completely novel event that nobody's ever experienced seeing an alien. And none of them can like know what to do about that. Like they just kind of go on lockdown. They don't really know like what to say or where to go next or how to tell other people about it. And then you see like the little cowboy child like write a song about it which i thought was so funny and so i cute. love that little so like in the play you see everybody so grief is like the most universal and also scary thing like inevitably mm. all of us are gonna have to deal with that and nonetheless it's terrifying it's never processed by the same two people in the same way and it, it's like not spoken about all that much like it I, it's such a lonely thing to go through mm-hmm. and witnessing an alien <laughs> similar is, is like similar in it's loneliness. Mm. No, actually, nobody has ever been through that one except for these people in this Asteroid City play. So you see all these characters dealing with these two like almost opposite things, like one thing that's universal, one thing that's never happened in such sim- similar ways, like through storytelling, through like media creation and consumption and stuff. So the reason why the layers of the movie worked for me then was because the whole heart of the story was about what we learn about ourselves and what we learn about each other through story, like things that we haven't experienced through fiction even. And so like Mm -hmm. the characters, the actors then of the play, like learning about themselves through being in the play and then like the documentary on top of that like having this like all-powerful narrator basically being like and this is what we as the audience can learn from the actors as they learned about themselves through being in the play yeah. i was like yeah i that all is very cohesive to me in its messaging and i just like it <laughs> i think i just like yeah. resonate with that i think you know, storytelling is is like genuinely that powerful and that cathartic and that uh, I I don't know like connection forming I guess. Mm-hmm. So I loved yeah. it. Also, no, but- on top of all that, I just thought it was such an enjoyable watch. I found it yeah. so, like genuinely funny and beautiful, and it was awesome. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that I have like some points to make in response, okay. but I think that just this is the whole thing about authorship too, that mm-hmm. is that if you make something with that, you can get all these interpretations from. And I think that there is, you know, a lot of evidence for what you're saying mm-hmm. that's valuable in and of itself. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to disagree on a couple of things, but like, <laughs> okay, I think being able to kind of pull like an interpretation such as that from this is like worthy and valuable in and of itself, I guess. Like that's I agree. It, it's like I, evidence that the that that like there's something good going on there. I totally agree. Adam no, and I completely sorry, go ahead. Adam and I saw it together and then we went up to dinner after and we ended up just like sitting at this dinner table for like three hours just talking about it. Yeah. Because there's just so much to say. And both of us had like really different experiences watching it, which is just so cool. And I said the same thing to him. I was like, do you think Adrian Brody was supposed to be God? And he was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) 
Where did you come up with that? I don't know. It's just metaphorically, at least, I think that's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, for me, I guess, like watching it, the the big focus was on uh, the playwright, Edward Norton. Okay. Um, And the same thing with the media. Uh, What's his name? Augie. Is Augie the character or the actor? Um, Augie's the character in the play, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. He's his own kind of creator as a photographer true and so maybe i looked at it more in that way that i think those are probably your two central characters in each thing okay if i if i had to pin it you know and the play i think it's it's foggy and in the world outside of the play i think it's conrad erp is the playwright um and I feel that way because that's who we're introduced to the respective worlds through, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, if you're changing that midway, then it's not focused enough, I guess. So like, if that's what we're rocking with, I'm going to look at it through that lens. Um, and so I thought there were parallels between that, between, because mm-hmm. Augie is the one who gets the picture of the alien. Yeah. And that, you know, causes this stir. I loved that scene so much. Everyone so- in, in my theater was just like cracking up the, yeah, the, mine too. the entire like scene. I don't know. I loved it. There's just <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I know. That was great. Well, I so I you know they do the 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 credit scroll at the beginning and I caught Jeff Goldblum as the alien at the very oh. beginning of the movie and I was like, "Oh, oh man, what's going to how is this going to happen?" <laughs> oh man. And then I it was I know, it was so funny. Just he was just chilling backstage. Yeah. But uh so that's I mean that's kind of how I looked at it as far as like the the authorship thing because I think a lot of kind of the the climax is based around the guy who wrote this and knew what it was about is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. How do we find like the meaning and the the uh, the the way to go about it? I guess. Okay. I don't know. You, you, the guiding light isn't there. Like, what do you do when you? How do you go north when there's no north star? <laughs> <laughs> and kind and that like loss of control i guess yeah maybe between between the both of them the, b- both of the storylines mm-hmm. and it's just maybe kind of finding ways to deal with that in both instances okay and i think maybe that's why the the, the scene with the director um cuz that that also like stood out to me as a big like message maybe even like the theme like what can you do but just go on mm-hmm. just push yeah, through it you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep yeah exactly the only way out is through what kind of thing yeah yeah so i think that's kind of more what i pulled through it um mm-hmm. and just that i don't know i i guess I'd, i'm not really quite like landing on a theme that i feel confident with but i think okay. it's somewhere in that direction um i definitely do think there there is like a theme around like 
creation and authorship and stuff. And that's kind of what I felt like if you can't fall asleep, if you don't fall asleep, you can't wake up meant when I first watched it was like, if you, if you can't dream, then like you can't understand if you can't imagine, if you can't empathize, then you can't, I don't know, like be Mm -hmm. aware in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tough <laughs> nut to crack. I I would say it is, and so I need to watch it again because I don't I, I don't feel like confident enough in like my interpretations yeah. of what I saw. So <laughs> I'm fine to leave it there for now. But uh, okay, um, I loved it. My favorite sequence that I wanted to say was it kind of did the thing that I have talked about liking before, where like something is said that you don't quite understand until a scene that happens like later on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it just, and then you're like, Oh, <laughs> that's what they were talking about. I love that. I loved so much when Jason Schwartzman and Ed, Edward Norton are like talking to each other as the actor and the writer. And, and he's like, I loved it. <laughs> he's like, why does he put his hand on the stove? I think it's because he, um, he like needed a reason why his heart was racing. And Edward Norton's like, huh, I didn't think about that when I wrote it, but I love it. Maybe he should say that. And then so much later in the movie, you get to watch that scene in the play. And he doesn't say that. He just puts his hand on the stove. And you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I love that so much, but it also just, it spoke to me about like the, the way that, people like resonating with media with stories and stuff like transcends original intention i guess mm-hmm. like jason schwartzman's character was able to read something read like a moment of emotion very human emotion in this play that was not intentional from the author who wrote it like the author mm-hmm. wasn't thinking about that feeling when he wrote it down and it's crazy how much we can pull and like feel out of things that we ourselves haven't experienced yeah yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. So I loved it. I gave it a 9 out of 10. It's not my favorite Wes Anderson movie because he has a couple 10 out of 10s for me, but yeah. I really, really liked it. Nice. Yeah. I Maybe it will be a 10 out of 10. Watch it again. Watching. I'm pissed that the, the Jarvis Cocker song of the You Can't Wake Up If You Don't Fall Asleep isn't on Spotify. The rest of the soundtrack is but that one song. Oh, that's funny. Isn't it the one that like plays over the credits? You know? Yeah. Oh, interesting. But uh, uh, oh, I was gonna say the the style over substance is completely stupid. But so uh, stupid, right? Yeah, I did feel that way about Isle of Dogs, though. That for me, that's the most that style over so, substance of Wes Anderson. It, it is by far my least favorite of his movies, and it's so unmemorable to me. Yeah, like I, I guess was the right word. <laughs> Like I like unmemorable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's because all all the characters are not interesting. Yeah, that, I just remember walking out of that movie and being like, I just feel like that had nothing to say. Yeah, so that one I would say is style of his. Yeah, I've never felt that way about any other movie that he's mm. made, like ever. Agreed. Uh cool. Yeah, the. Uh, What's it called? Asteroid City. I was about to say the French Dispatch, and I was like, that is not right. <laughs> I have to watch the French Dispatch again so I can really kind of compare them, comparing the drafts in my brain, because they're definitely kind of on the same wavelength. 
mm-hmm. they complement each other i think yeah definitely um cool yeah so before we go i do want to talk about the other two movies that i wanted to talk about that i watched last month nice uh the first one is a 10 out of 10 first watch in the movie theater it was spider-man across the spider verse oh nice yeah i loved this one. Oh, i have to see it and while i'm not a hater of the first movie i didn't like it of the uh into the spider verse isn't that what it's called uh-huh I, uh, I, I, while I did quite like it, I don't think I liked it as much as other people did. Yeah, I loved that one. And everything that maybe didn't quite do it for me with that one is improved upon and better in this one. This one genuinely blew me away. Um, so awesome. And was just so cool. Worthy of the hype. And uh, if anyone complains about, like, I guess the structure, I don't want to give it away. Okay. But just the structure of it, I guess I'll, I'll say that much, and and how it develops its story and maybe ends its story in this one, mm-hmm. I think are completely wrong. Hmm. Okay. And uh, I'll get into specifics with anyone who wants to contradict <laughs> me. Let me know, and I'll explain. Okay. But uh, I absolutely love this one, and uh, I don't know if it's still showing. But uh, if if you anyone who ha- who has a chance to watch it should definitely do so. Nice. I would even say that you don't necessarily need to watch the first one to watch this. Oh, one. interesting. I mean, there's certainly s- stuff that won't make much sense. Okay. But whoever let that bother them, mm-hmm. it's not reliant on knowing what happens in the first one at all. But yeah, it was so good. I was I think this is this is my favorite movie of the year so far. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, I want to talk I want to hear what you have to say about it too. Okay. <laughs> I think I think for me all the things that it did kind of went in a different path from the first one, I think were to its benefit, but I don't mm-hmm. I know that not everyone will feel that way. Okay. But I definitely did. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to chat about it after I finally watch it. Yeah. Yay. Um, and then the, the last one I watched and want to talk about is called The Misfits. Okay. What an interesting movie. This is directed by John Huston. Okay. Um he's I mean, he's the the guy in uh Chinatown. He's the Noah Cross. Okay. But maybe we haven't actually watched any of his movies for the pod. Maybe I'm mistaken. My bad. But anyways, this is uh, the last movie that both Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable were in. They're kind of the two leads in this one. I love Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And it also features Montgomery Clift. And this is the first movie I actually have seen with him in it. But he died only a few years later. I wish people would still get named Montgomery. Montgomery. God, Bring Monty. back Montgomery. Yeah, I I mean I've heard his name before and like stuff, but I don't think I'd ever actually seen anything he's in. And, and he died kind of tragically a few years after this one. Oh, that's really but sad. uh I think just it it is it, very unique and just like it's outside circumstances. Okay. That it, it kind of blurs the lines between 
a number of things between like reality and fiction um because a lot of this movie is about people who i don't want to say past their prime but are kind of just like passing the time until they die okay and it's a big theme in the movie and, and, and it hits especially hard knowing that all the leads the actors die <laughs> like yeah. very very adjacent to to wow. this one coming out That's um crazy. And it really, and it, uh, um, a couple of other things that it kind of blurs the lines on. It's it's a Western, but it's set in contemporary times. Okay. It's about people leaving the big city and just bumming it out in, a, in the desert. <laughs> cool. Um, and then it also kind of, um, it's an in-betweeny kind of thing between the old Hollywood studio system and the new Hollywood that's, that's on the up and up, I guess, okay. coming into vogue. Uh, this okay. is from 1961 so these winds of change are already starting to come into effect gotcha. uh, and i think just all these outside circumstances put this one in a very unique spot mm. and it just feels very special and important to me through oh. those outside circumstances like this movie by itself i guess is good okay but i think with like what it represents and it the context around it at least for me it just kind of becomes very poignant and is really elevated through that. Gotcha. And it, it it's honestly like watching ghosts perform mm. uh, one last time. And huh. uh, just, so just the way that the themes of the picture tie into the, what's actually going on huh. um, is, is like pretty eerie and, and yeah. adds, you know, okay. like another element to it. That is um, very interesting and cool yeah <laughs> and it, it just hit me especially hard watching it like that really stuck with me so i definitely wanted to talk about and mention it yeah uh, i gave it a nine out of ten for that nice. one but the, i really want to watch that i'm really intrigued now yeah it, it's up on the criterion channel i think it should still be there okay. um if anyone wants to check it out but i think it's definitely worthy you know there there's some fun silly moments too um but it's kind of a downer overall okay <laughs> uh but yeah i loved it and it was very cool to watch for me so nice it's very cool yeah all right that's all all that's all i had to talk about for this time around nice the only two non-pod movies i watched in june were the road to el dorado which I love. And I made Adam watch that with me for the first time in his life. And he did not like it. (laughs) And he's like, that movie's kind of a mess that has like nothing to say really, which is absolutely true. Nothing to say, but it is so fun. I love the music so much. And it's so funny. Um, And I watched the bird cage on a flight. It was just like, the only movie that I like recognized and was interested in on my flight back from Alaska. Okay. And um, have you seen the birdcage? I actually haven't seen it. When I was in Prague, they were doing a special screening that I I almost went to, but then it didn't quite work out, but I'm not sure that I really got it. (laughs) Kind of weird about it. It's so funny. Like it really is so funny. And it's such like an iconic very memorable performance of Robin Williams. He is just such a star in that movie. And so is his co-star whose name I cannot remember. And their like chemistry together is so cute and good and awesome. And it's and, the like, Timon guy, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's like Nathan something, I think. <laughs> 
So I loved watching their dynamic um, and just, I love seeing like their style and how they like really brought life to these very eccentric characters. That was so awesome. And I understand why like that has made this movie kind of stand the test of time, I guess, and be really beloved by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't go anywhere. And like the whole (laughs) second half of the movie is this extremely long, very tense, hard to watch dinner scene. Well, for me, maybe for other people, it was funny. (laughs) funny. But for me, I was like, God, when will this end? And it goes until the very end of the movie. Like, it's like the last scene and it's like the whole last half. And then the movie just kind of ends. And I sort of feel like nobody really learned anything. Mm. And so then that made me be like, I kind of still feel like this gay couple is like the butt of the joke of this movie. Mm. And they're like, that's supposed to be, but that's sort of what it, it like leaves you with in a way, because the bigoted people of this movie sort of just leave the dinner. And like, there's the plot of this movie is that this gay couple has a straight son um, and he's getting married extremely young and he's bringing his like fiance and her very conservative family over. So they have to pretend to not be gay. That's mm. like the whole thing. Okay. And that's what they do. And then the movie ends and like, it was, uh, I don't know. It was never like, and that's why <laughs> you shouldn't be homophobic. <laughs> it was just sort of like, Oh my God, you guys are gay. <gasps> and then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> There you have it. I didn't love that. So I gave it a seven out of 10, but Mm. the first half of the movie, phenomenal. Gotcha. Nathan Lane is his name. He was so good in it. Like really so awesome. So yeah, that's all I have to say. The end for June. All right. Get this one. I was on the plane to LA. Uh The first movie on their list is decision to leave. Whoa, no way. I didn't end up watching it. I was, Cause I was, so I left it. It was like a there and back again in a single day. So I was leaving at four o'clock. My flight was like at six. So I left the house at like three 30. Yeah. Um, And I didn't sleep that night. So I would just slept on the plane. Yeah. And even if I didn't like that's, it would have been a close call to even finish it. Cause that's two hours and some change. And the flights Mm -hmm. is like two hours and some change. (laughs) But I was bummed out because I was like, I cannot find this anywhere. And it's just free to watch. I could just watch it on this plane and it just <laughs> didn't quite work out. I was too sleepy. Damn. Damn. But, uh, oh, well. Maybe it, I will get to watch it on my flight to Chicago tomorrow. Yeah. Just Keep say. an eye out. If, okay, you're, if you're on Delta, you probably will. So. Oh, no, I'm on United. United. Mm. Yeah. We'll see. Only time will tell. <laughs> we will see. Um, maybe I'll just watch the birdcage again. The birdcage, yeah. (laughs) Um, what do you do? You want to do Barbenheimer for next week? Yes, I have tickets to see both already. So, when are you seeing them this weekend? This week, I probably won't be able to see them until next Saturday. Mm, We can do a Sunday episode if you want to. Yeah, um. And then I think we're both going to be like pretty busy once things start. Yeah. So I say we shoot for once a week and then if we miss one, it's whatever. Like we don't need okay. to. Okay. Cool. Um, I think that'll probably just work the best. Yeah. I would think so too. Um, have you, do you know about the book for the book club? I haven't started it. Have you? Uh, yeah. So I just got it. Okay. Um, Cause I, I looked around and couldn't find it 
physically anywhere. So I just bought it online uh, and it showed up and I, I read the okay. first couple pages, but it's, it's cool. like, it seems pretty short, like a one okay. sitting kind of thing. Great. I will get mine ASAP. So I think and we could probably, yeah. I mean, if you're down to record on next Sunday and yeah. do the, the double feature. Do Barbenheimer? Yeah. I think that'd be yeah. great. And we then we could do, do the book the week after. Yeah. Okay. Wrap up PTA and then I'm out of here. Beautiful. <laughs> I think that could work out. I think so too. All right. Sounds good. So really? yeah, we'll we'll be a little bit later with our next episode, but then we should be pretty much every week at least till mid-August consistently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we'll back getting back in the swing of things. <laughs> uh, but it all works out, which means that all there is left to do for this time around is to recommend an album. Ooh. Do you have an album to recommend? Yeah, I'm going to recommend a favorite album of mine that I've recommended before, which is Carrie and Lull by Sufjan Stevens. Nice. I That's got to be in my like top 10 favorite albums at this point. I've listened to it so many freaking times now. I love it. And I especially love to listen to it this time of year, uh, kind of like late summer. It's a very moody late summer album. Sufjan's a cancer. I'm a cancer. <laughs> season it just makes sense yeah i think you recommended it around this time last year for you yeah i think picks. for yeah for cancer season i was only recommending albums by cancers which is fun yeah. <laughs> but yeah i really i like a lot of sufjan's albums he has a crazy amount of music and all of it is quite different <laughs> there's christmas albums there's like meditation albums and then there's carrie and lol which really stands alone in my mind. It is so good. It's so like poetic and lyrically dense. It has so much to say. It's so emotional. I've cried to many of the songs. Like it's just so good. I love it. Nice. A classic. Such a classic. He's my second favorite cancer. Mm. Second to Lana. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, my album for this week is called, it's a new one. It's called Snake Sideways by a, a, an English band called Do Nothing. Cool. These guys are so cool. Uh, I guess it's not super new by now. This is this was my pick from when we were supposed to record still till now because it's, it's still good. Uh, but it came out nice. around that time and it's uh, quite fun. I got into Do Nothing a little bit ago, and their earlier stuff was a little bit more uh, chaotic, shouty a little bit, maybe. But uh, this one's a little more mellow, but still just so good. They've really uh, matured as artists a little bit, I guess. (laughs) But uh, I've just been having a blast listening to it, and I think uh, more people should check it out. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Snake Sideways. Snake Sideways. Do Nothing. Cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's what we got going on. We're back in business. Welcome back. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for your patience. Yeah. Appreciate it. And uh, let us know what you've been watching watching or reading recently in our 
mailbag, which will be in yeah, this episode description. Bag. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be in the episode description and also uh, wherever we have a website listed, it'll just link to that. And so uh, you can say whatever in there. But this week mm-hmm. specifically, let us know what you've been watching and reading in our little hiatus that we've been on. Please. I would and, love to hear about it genuinely. Uh, yeah. And we'll we'll be back to talk about it next week. Yay. All right. Well, that's all for us this time around. Do great things, everyone, one and all this week. We both believe in you. We and, do. Uh, we'll catch you for the Barbenheimer extravaganza next week. I'm so looking forward to that. And uh, keep up the good work. You're doing great. We believe in you. We believe in you so much. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Good night. Bye now.